804 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Dan Murphy's going to join us in just a minute here. Before he does, I need to pay some bills, tell you about some businesses that you should frequent. The first is the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. What are you laughing at? I think if you frequented a dealership, yeah, you should go all the time. No, they love it. They have complimentary coffee and water, free Wi-Fi. They love people hanging out. Don't hang out. Like, buy a car, right? I mean, end the transaction appropriately. Three dealerships to serve you better. North Shore Acura, Acura of Langley, and Burrard Acura on Terminal Avenue. Uh, Hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. You can visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Finally, before we get to Murph, Jason came in this morning in a pretty good mood. And he, he looked around the Kintech studio and said, you know what? It really looks good in here. And it does. It really does. Now, the exciting thing is that streaming uh, both on the Twitter machine and I believe on Sportsnet Now is coming to the Halford & Bruff show going to be another added component we are going to make the kintech studio come alive in the mornings from 6 to 9 a.m mm-hmm. and uh you'll be able to not just hear and listen to the halford and bruff show but hopefully soon watch the halford and bruff show do we need to i don't know look better it was disgust mm-hmm. not disgusting disgust like it, right. it was d-i-s-c-u-s-s-e-d yep. gotcha um they said Maybe clean it up a little bit, but also keep that Halford and Bruff aesthetic. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go in wearing a shirt and tie, largely because I don't own either. We've still got that blogger look to us. Yeah, very blog-centric. We've kept it real. Blogger slash, like, unemployed look. This is why they've waited so long to stream right. you guys. It's been a big debate. Yeah. Do we really need this in the morning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't you going to hurt the ratings? <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> really need to watch these guys yeah. <laughs> or look at them? They, I guess you could call it facial hair on the both of them. But I, 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 uh, they probably won't be adding smell-o vision anytime. <laughs> Scratch and sniff TV? I don't yeah. think so. Is that a part of the Sportsnet Now app? I don't know. Anyway, that's coming in the not-too-distant future. Also, another big tease as we Talk about what's in the future for the show. Uh, We are very close to announcing finalized plans, both for our World Cup Canada-Belgium opener watch party and what our pregame show is going to look like. So, again, we are very much in the business of looking forward to sporting events because I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the Canucks have kind of disappointed to start the season. A little bit. So the World Cup is a big thing for us. And it should be a big thing for all of Canada. 36 years in the making. Um, so we will have details in the not-too-distant future about a, a watch party locally and then what we're going to do for a pregame show right here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Let's go to the phone lines now. Uh, we are joined by our next guest, Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own, a presentation of Freeway Mazda here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Murph? How are you? What's going on, boys? Remember the last time I had you guys on the panel? Yeah, it was a, it was a empty arena. It was peak pandemic times, I think. It was at uh, Rogers Arena for an Ottawa Senators game at yeah. two o'clock in the afternoon. Was that, yeah, because I had to go early because you guys had the morning show. But remember, like Jason, you were kind of like draped over the desk with bad posture. That was me. 
I'm sorry, uh, Mike did, and then Jason's hair looked like Lego hair, like it's just like plugged in there. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> my my hair. my hair was in a transition phase <laughs> at that point. Uh, I was also uh, gripping the mic like I had a four foot putt to win the Masters, yeah. and I was not sure which way it broke. <laughs> did you guys get lots of complaints from that, Murph? No, I mean the content was good. The aesthetics could have been better. But, you know. <laughs> Uh, it's called keeping it real. Maybe everyone should try it sometime. Or we're, we're going to do it again. You guys force me onto this show once a week. You're coming on the panel again sometime soon. I can guarantee you that. Well, we'll wait till the game that nobody's watching. So, like, I don't know the way it's trending. The next one? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the next game, we had a very important and pressing question. Yeah. Can you break down the travel to such a close proximity game like Seattle. You said you're getting on a plane, so I'm assuming yeah. you're flying. You're not just checking yeah. out the plane. So what? what I gather, it. Yeah, from what I gather, it's just a, like a regular travel day, practice and fly. Um, now, normally, like I don't even know if we're crew customs in Vancouver or in Seattle. So that's the only thing. I mean, it's it's probably still a little bit faster to fly, I think, because I think you can land at that Boeing field and not SeaTac. And so that uh, that helps a little lot when you land because you're not going through the, the thick of traffic to get to, to downtown. So from what I gather, it is just a flight. A hey. standard travel day, boys. All right. Well, that's kind of a boring answer, but it's the truth. Uh, Murph, we've been talking a lot about coaching on the show today. Uh, not necessarily about the Canucks, but we were talking about uh, Barry Trotz and about where he might end up. Uh, we played some spit and chicklets audio with Kessler talking about his days with torts and nearly getting into a fist fight with torts. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of talk about Bruce Boudreaux um, and whether or not management really sees him as their kind of coach. If the answer is no, what kind of coach do you think this management group would want for the Vancouver Canucks? Well, first let me say that I, I don't think Bruce has forgotten how to coach. I mean, this guy, I think, is he not second all-time regular season winning percentage? The guy wins games, right? So um, I would say that to start, that he's got a great track record and maybe not as much in the playoffs, but clearly he has a good feel for being behind the bench. I, I mean, I think we all came to conclusion last year that um, maybe he wasn't this management's uh, guy, you know, that's what, you know, Jim signed off on it and uh, with the with the team and the coach option. So, you know, I, again, I think that probably just if you look at history, I mean, if Mike Sullivan were available, I think that's a guy that Rutherford would go after, but he's not going anywhere. I would also say someone like, a, you know, maybe a Rod Brindamore. Um, so I, I think there, I mean, you always hear Jim has mentioned structure and, and Patrick's mentioned structure. I think that I, I wouldn't say they're looking for, uh, a hard ass necessarily, but I think they're like guys that are really uh, X's and O's, and I'm not sure that's really Bruce Strengths. He's more of a feel guy. He's a gut guy. He puts uh, players over the boards that he thinks is going, and so that would be my, you know, I guess my my short answer. I mean, I, I think Bruce is a heck of a coach, um, but I'm I'm not ever sure that he was this this management management group's guy. But they're in a tough spot, right? I mean, you've got. An ownership that's already paying uh, Travis Green. Uh, you know, how much further down the shore do you go if this team keeps going this way? Do they want to pay another coach? Or do they just kind of uh, punt on the season? I'm not sure. Um, but I guess that would be my answer to that question. Here's a tough question, and it might be a question that management has to answer uh, at some point 
fairly soon. Um, if you do commit to a rebuild, how aggressive is that rebuild? Do you have untouchables like Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko, maybe Pod Colson? Or do you go into a rebuild and go, there are no untouchables. We're trying to get assets here. If we, you know, you can say, trade away all the guys you don't want and the contracts you don't want. You're not going to get many assets with that. Um, So I guess the question for you is, like, how would you go about doing it? Well, and then the timeline is when you said how aggressive is that. I would tend to still think that I would not be moving Quinn Hughes or Elias Patterson guys that are 23 years and under. Um, that would be my first inclination. Um, you know, Demko is a little bit uh, different that he's, what, 26? Am I correct in that? <laughs> yeah, he took a while to develop, right? Like, that's yeah, goalies. he's 26. Yeah. So, and he doesn't have a ton of miles on him either, though, right? Um, so, I guess, you know, if you're looking at a five-year time frame, I think I would still keep Demko in the mix. Like, uh, goaltenders are so difficult to find. I know some people believe that if you have a good team, you can win with an average goaltender. I guess that's been proven before. But I think sometimes, to a bad goaltender can undo everything, right? Um, so I think those would be my three guys that, that would remain untouchables. Um, and after that, uh, I mean, if you are committing to a full rebuild, uh, you're going to have to take fifty cents on the dollar to make some of these moves. I mean, I, I think uh, I've heard Drance make a, a good point before that sometimes a bad trade is better than a bad contract, and I think that's the approach that these guys are going for a rebuild. Um, that's the approach they'd have to take. But everything they've done in the meantime has not screamed rebuild at all, right? You're re-upping Besser, you're bringing in the two Russians, you're re-upping uh, JT Miller. So these are not moves that would scream rebuild, but maybe they have to reassess considering how this the start of the season's going. Speaking of Sportsnet's Dan Murphy here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650, a presentation of Freeway Mazda. Uh, Murph, prior to your hit this morning, we played a couple uh, very heavily bleeped minutes of Ryan Kessler on the Spit and Chicklets <laughs> podcast yesterday talking about one of his run-ins with John Tortorella, and that kind of got us talking more about coaching, but in a sort of larger granular sense about styles of coaches and what you need. And we talked about, you know, a big thing with torts is that he really leans into confrontation and guys not getting comfortable because he believes that that gets the best out of groups and out of players. There's an inherent pushing, you know, I know that that year has kind of been crystallized to a few sound bites and the infamous, you know, Bob Hartley altercation. But do you have now that you've been able to look back? I mean, it's eight years ago now, and he's had two different jobs, three different jobs since then. What do you remember most, or anything that really sticks out in hindsight about the Tortorella era in Vancouver? Because one thing that is undeniably clear is a lot of people thought that might have been the end of the road for Torts as an NHL head coach, but it clearly wasn't. No, and I'll state that I, you know, I got along with him quite well. And just because that is the case doesn't mean that he was, he's a good guy for this coaching, for this playing group at the time. I think he's probably learned a little bit like that too. Like his his main go-to is a confrontational style. But I did think he also learned that, you know, in this day and age, you have to, you know, you have to you have to motivate different players different ways. Right, you're not getting the best out of Alex Sadler if you're sticking your finger in his ear on the bench and yelling at him. Right, I don't think so. Now maybe that's going to work for Yannick Hansen. Who knows? So I just remember that him, you know, realizing that sometimes uh, different guys need different ways to be motivated. Um, 
You know, and also just remember the one thing I remember that I, I kind of laughed at is that, um, you know, I heard Kessler, I, I didn't hear the sound bite, but I remember Kessler was so angry that year. And I think that's the start of him wanting out. And I was, I kept thinking to myself, what is this guy not like right now? He's playing 24 minutes a night, right? He was the go-to guy for, for torts. He was the guy that was out in every situation. If it was a time to be happy and playing a lot, that was it. So that kind of, to me, also signaled that Kessler had already made up his mind he wanted out of town. So uh, those are kind of the things I remember with Torts. Um, I had a little conversation with him in uh, in Philly uh, right before he had his press conference. And it, of course, started with him, hey, how many animals you got now? Yeah. Hey, Torts. <laughs> uh, two dogs. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's kind of what I remember. But you're right, it's eight years ago. And, you know, how much crap has, you know, gone under the bridge since then? Well, and how many coaches have come through, and you know we've seen we've seen a lot over the last few years, and you know to have a guy like Boudreaux, who and you brought up a good point, like the winning percentage and the amount of success that he's had everywhere is undeniable, right? It's actually pretty similar to Barry Trotz, where it's like everywhere that he's gone, all the guys done is won hockey games, and I just wonder, like the way that this is trending, I do kind of inherently hope that Boudreaux can turn this around, and this isn't the way that it ends in yeah. Vancouver, because, you know, for like, especially since he's you're just hanging on 599, right? Like, the very least, get him that 600th victory and then go from there. But like, <laughs> you, you don't want a guy that's had that much success and that great a resume to have, I don't want to call it like a stain or a black mark, but this, this time where it was like everything that he either knew or professed to be as a coach all just went south. That would be disappointing to me. Well, I mean, I think I mean, we... I don't think people outside the market would look at it that way, right? We're looking at it that way. That I, I think that, let's just say, and I'm not advocating for Bruce Nifar, but let's say he was. I don't think this would tarnish his legacy at all. I think people would still no, look no, no. at what, yeah. what he did what he did with this team last year more than what happened at the start of this year, right? This is just this has kind of been, um, so far, a failure from top to bottom in these first seven games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the management's decisions haven't paid off yet. Um, the coaching decisions haven't paid off yet. The players haven't really, aside from Pedersen and Horvath late, lately, they haven't really, uh, you know, played up to their weight. Uh, so I, this is, I don't think this is a coaching problem at this point right now. And I think if he were to leave, I'm not saying he's going to get another job. He's getting up there in years. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anybody would look at his time in Vancouver and say it was a failure. Mind. In fact, quite the opposite considering what happened last year. Murph, travel safe. Be well. Thank you very much for doing this today. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow and then Friday, and we'll do this again next Wednesday. You got it. And I was just thinking of the other time on TV of, of um, Jason's clappy hands. Yes. So let's not forget those. I was clapping along to the beat of the music. A lot of hand-related television things for you, actually, now that I think about yeah. it. You can bring a yeah. puppet next time. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank the Shaky Puppet. <laughs> Thanks, Murph. See you, buddy. Okay. See you, guys. Uh, Dan Murphy, a presentation of Freeway Mazda, Canada's number one, numero uno, consumer-rated Mazda dealer right here on Sportsnet 650. Okay. Uh, Murph actually set the table nicely for a what we learn that Jason wants to do. Uh, he mentioned the name Yannick Hansen. You love Yannick Hansen analysis. You love Yannick Hansen audio. He really brings it, though, on the radio, yeah, like, but, a, like as a player. But there's, but there's two reasons. First of all, I think it's really honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell he's dialed in on the team. And also, he brings the credibility that we don't have and most media don't have in that he's played the game. And he's Danish. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. 
but I suppose they do have a rather good school system there. I don't. I, you've thrown me off once again with your stupid comments. It's important to note that he is Danish. Uh, my what we learned is that Yannick Hansen thinks the Canucks need a very aggressive uh, retool or rebuild, whatever you want to call it. He thinks major changes need to happen to this Canucks team. I heard Jim on, on the after hours after the game uh, against Buffalo, and you're hearing this re- retool on the fly, fixing it as we go. Um, this started when they fired AV back when we got swept by San Jose. I've seen this for 10 years now, um, and teams have gone through re- rebuild and come back on top. This retool on the fly, fixing it as we go, plucking a hole here and there. Um, it's been 10 years. I haven't seen the, the fruit of the labors, if you will. Uh, I don't think they're closer to winning um, uh, the Stanley Cup than they were when uh, when they traded Cass. Um, it, it, it seems like you need something radical, if you will, um, to shake this up. Uh, another, another saying... Uh, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, we've seen this story last year. Um, it's the same group. It's the same leaders. It's it's the same horses pulling the the wagon. Um, so before you start asking me all the push and, and all these things, no, the, the next step is you you got to shake this tree and you got to shake it right from the top. And that's something that you can't pull back once you do it. And whether that's trading a bull Horvat or it's uh, seeing what can be done with JT Miller, um, I don't know, um, but but again, in my opinion, there are three guys that are safe on that team right now, and unless they start winning uh, tomorrow, um, I'd be hard-pressed not to, uh, to pull in that. The thing about a rebuild that really gets talked about, too, is that there are parts of it that are quite compelling, right? I mean, what a fan base likes to do is grow with the team. And we thought we might have it with this Canucks group, uh, with Quinn Hughes coming up and Elias Pettersson and Thatcher Dremko and Bo Horvat and growing with them and hopefully grow into a contender. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, right? Not with this current group. Now, it might down the line for guys like Pettersson and Hughes, maybe Demko, but a rebuild, while there are going to be tough nights, and you look at a situation like Buffalo, there were some really tough nights and some frustrations. But that's because they also made some dumb moves there too. But to digress back to a rebuild, you know, yeah, there's losing. But we're seeing losing right now. What's interesting about a rebuild is watching a team go from, all right, we've started again to a certain degree, and now we're seeing growth. Now we're seeing these guys learn some lessons To the point where, you know, the first lesson is making the playoffs and then maybe you need to learn a lesson in the first round of the playoffs uh, and then then you see what you've got, right? You think about the growth that the Canucks had, let's say after they acquired Luongo and you were kind of transitioning that team from uh, the West Coast Express years into what you can call the Sedin era. It didn't go from the West Coast Express to losing, losing, losing. Oh, and we're in the Stanley Cup final. Like There was a progression there. There was a narrative arc to that team. So they get Luongo, and they make the playoffs in their first year. And correct me if I'm wrong, you know my memory is terrible. But then the year after that, they missed the playoffs. They took a step back. They took a step back. Progress is not linear. 
And then along the way, you saw the Sedins grow into not just good players, but elite players. Uh, you saw them making some moves on the back end, you know, like uh, out goes Willie Mitchell, in comes, you know, the likes of Dan Hamhuis and Christian Ehrhoff. Uh, Ryan Kessler developed from, oh, he's probably just going to be a checking third-line center into a Selkie-winning center. Mm-hmm. You saw the rise of Alex Burrows, um, the development of Alex Edler and, and Kevin Bieksa. These are all things that help turn the Canucks from – you know, the West Coast Express era into the Sedin era. Mm-hmm. So there was, like, were, was there some losing seasons? Yeah, but you had that growth. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all, like, what, here's what's frustrating to me about this current group. To me, I'm just, I'm a little bit tired of it. You know, I've seen this group. I know that there are a few good players on it. I just don't think this group, is ever going to turn into a Stanley Cup contender. Mm-hmm. So open up opportunities for others. You know, who, maybe it's a savior. Maybe you get that savior type of player wow. like a Connor Bedard. Maybe you do, there's, right? There's definitely a grass is greener element to all of this and, and hope. Listen, I'm just willing to take the leap at this point. Well, I know, because I, I know think, you are. But I th- because I think carrying on in this fashion is going to lead to nowhere. So I would rather take that chance because frankly, I don't, I've told you the story a few times about me checking out on the Canucks during the Keenan years. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I don't really remember those years. Cause I checked out. I was like, this isn't worth it. This yep. just seems like it's going to go nowhere. You know, none of the players that they have right now, I'm really interested in. Like, I don't like Messier. Mm-hmm. I think this team needs changes and they did, and then they brought me back with the West Coast Express era. The problem with going forward with this group of players that, frankly, a, a lot of the fan base is starting to, like, they might not dislike individual players, but I think they dislike the group. And that's not a good thing when the fan base starts to dislike the team. And I think, you know, we're, I'm probably going to get some pushback on these comments like, I love the Canucks and I'll never hate them. But there are teams that are loved. There are teams that are tolerated. And I think this team, at best, is a team that is tolerated. And at worst, at a team that is actively disliked by the fan base. A uh, lot more to get to on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Speaking of the fan base, our fans, the Halbro Nation. I just made that up. It's not going to stick. Uh, we are giving away a pair of tickets to go see the Canucks and the Penguins. Friday night, Rogers Arena. They will go to the best what we learned submissions. 650, 650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. WWL with a ticket emoji. Your chance to win tickets. The Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Because you were going to ask them the, the travel arrangements for Seattle. Mm-hmm. So we know it involves a plane. Right. What are you mouthing in the back? Seattle. The way you said Seattle. 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 Memorize these funny place names. Walla Walla. Keokuk. Cucamonga. Seattle! <laughs> Stop it, you're killing me! <laughs> Seattle! <laughs> Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 
8.34 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. It is hour three. It is what we learn time. Ticket giveaway time. It's a big half hour on the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet. The most trustworthy place on the planet, campbell-pound.com. Just not Canucks Reddit. Just don't go on Canucks Reddit. Uh, it's time to do... We, we're good on what we learned, right? You did yours, Bruff. You did the Yannick Hansen. I'm good, yeah. Salute to Danes. Danish. We didn't moo it, though. We did not moo it. Do it now. Nice. Okay. Um, I know you had some audio put aside there, laddie, but I'm looking at the clock. We have a lot that we need to get into, so I'm going to bypass it. There's some Aaron Rodgers audio that I was going to play, but eh, you know what? We got so many other things. There's lots of what we learned. We've here. heard enough of Aaron Rodgers lately. Yeah, really. And all I was going to say is, like, I wish I could talk to my coworkers like that, but uh, that's it. Anyway, um, thank you. Uh, we've got a lot of what we learned from the humanoids. A lot of them in reference to what you were very good soliloquy at the end of the last segment there, Jason, where you're, you're ready. I feel the fan base. Yeah. Well, it's got to be a better way to say that. Um, here's one. Unsung. You all feel so good. <laughs> I'm a little handsy in the, uh, in the, in when I go to Rogers arena. Please stop. <laughs> That's why he's not allowed there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, please leave. Boy, it's crowded in here, isn't it? What do you I think feel about you, my fan base. What do you think about this one? Unsigned. So it must be from Gary. Hashtag WWL. We need to trade both Bo Horvat and JT Miller, but hand the leadership reins over to Elias Pettersson. Give Petey the space to take on that role, but you got to do it by removing the quote unquote leadership baggage. Now, I kind of got the impression that you would go a step further. You'd say you can restart without Bo. Without JT and maybe without PD, I just think uh, I'm not advocating that. I am thinking you got to look at all the considerations, um, and that includes you got to talk to Elise Pettersson about his future in Vancouver, right? Like he has control over the situation to a certain degree. Yeah, the club has control at the end of this current contract that he's on, but not for long. He can force his way his, his way out if he wants to. And if that message gets to management, he's like, I'm not signing long-term here. I don't believe in this organization. I'm not saying he's saying that, but I'm saying he might be tempted to say that. Right now, the idea of re-signing Bo Horvat to me is like, I'd give it a 1% chance of happening. Mm. Maybe it bounces back a little bit. And does it put the Canucks in a hole if they trade Bo Horvat for, say, help on the defensive end or even just a first-round draft pick if they're going rebuild? Yeah, it hurts them down the middle because JT Miller might not be able to play center given his efforts defensively. Nils Oman, though. Right? He's already made, bumped up to 3C. Why not 2C? I just think, you know, uh, if I'm management, in some ways you have to go in with a fear, with, without the fear of breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's already broken. 
this group as far as I'm concerned. Give the team to Petey, man. That's what I agree with that texture. Like if you, you get rid of Miller, get rid of Horvat, it's Patterson's team. Assuming he wants to stay, it's Patterson's team. I mean, maybe, trade, trade those guys for draft picks in this year's draft because it's such a good and deep and draft. Andy, Andy, before you do that, you have to know that he wants to stay long That's what I said. I said assuming he wants to stay. That well, was, you can sign him to a long-term contract this offseason. Maybe that's the time you transition it over to, to Pedersen and you say, you're the leader now. Yes. Here's uh, for the better thing. or for worse. Here's, Assuming he wants to say. Here's the thing. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't want to project to make it sound like you're saying this, but I, I'm getting a vibe, vibe check, that maybe you don't think that hitching your wagon to Elias Pedersen is even the best thing moving forward. Because you have said, I'm, tire- everything's on the I'm table, tired man. of this old group. Pedersen's part of this old group. Oh, there's, I, I, I think there's almost two schools of thought. And one is that you strip it down to the studs using a construction analogy and the studs are uh Pedersen, Demko, Hughes. Demko Hughes. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another one where you're like, you don't tear it down to the studs, you just blow the house out altogether, drop it right mm-hmm. down to the dirt. Just focus on getting draft picks in this year's draft. It is such a deep draft this year, one of the deepest ever. How are you getting draft picks? To trade those guys, trade the Millers, trade the Horvats, trade. You think even, you're getting a first round draft pick for JT Miller I, right now? I don't you think know. you're getting a first round draft pick for Brock Besser? You, you might get capital. one for Bo Horvat. You'd have to get. Capital. You'd have to get creative. Uh, even well, any pick, you'd have to get creative. Yeah, and you can't create asset values out of nothing. You try. You could. Yes. Like this is magic beans thinking. I'm not going to do with that attitude. No. It <laughs> you want to trade Pod Colson? You might get a first, but then you've traded yeah, away a good young player who was a first round draft pick Pod like Coulson. a few years ago. That's the thing. Like, and I'm not saying that like, the fans are allowed to be like this. The fans are allowed to text in ideas like, like I heard. It's not going to be like, easy. Someone texted in this morning and I don't want to pick on this person because again, you're fans and you're allowed to do this. They said, we'll trade Horvat and Besser to Tampa Bay for Sergachev. Like, what? Yeah, Why happen. would Tampa Bay do that? First of all, like that's it. way too much cap hit for them to take on. And second of all, Sergachev is going to be one of their stud defensemen because they've moved on from a guy like Ryan McDonough. It's the same thing. Like, people are like, we'll trade Horvat for, you know, Bowen Byram. Like, are you out of your mind? Yeah, a lot of it's very unrealistic. I- Trade for any picks at all. I mean, a first is obviously okay. a, a. It's very. You didn't let me make my point. You didn't let me make my point. My point is that fans are allowed to do that. Management is not allowed to be unrealistic, and I feel like Canucks management was unrealistic this off season. Yeah. They went in with a lot of plans. They were going to fix the defense. They tried. They were going to clear cap space. Well, guess what? Clearing cap space is tough. Fixing and the it defense cost them a pick. is tough. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they doubled down on this group, and we are where we are right now. People always say, uh, Vancouver Media, like, you guys were so critical of Jim Benning, but you're not critical of Rutherford Alvin. Guys, that, uh, that narrative is over because the criticism is starting now. Mm-hmm. The Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin management group owns the JT Miller contract decision. 100%. Mm-hmm. That's yep. theirs right now. Yep. That, Jim Benning didn't do that. He wasn't around for that. And you can say blame ownership for everything. Okay, fine. You can, if that's the way you want it, then it doesn't really matter who the general manager is or the president of Hockey Ops. But this current management group owns the decision to re-sign JT Miller, and right now it is looking like the very, very wrong decision. I like that Sergachev trade, though. Okay. Uh, Joe Bob, who's quickly becoming one of our most valuable texters, MVT. i got to work on that one. Hashtag WWL, what we learned. 
with the return of Nathan Rourke to the BC Lions this week, Vancouver, for the first time in probably a decade, has a quote-unquote not 100% unrealistic chance at a sports championship. I like how you worded that, Joe Bob. What a feeling, sports optimism in this city. That's kind of why I brought up the last time the Lions were hosting a home playoff game in 2016. Because I don't think, I mean, I remember it. I remember you and I talking about it way back when we were at 1040. We were like, hey, Lions are hosting a playoff game. They're in the playoffs. You got a chance. But no one really felt like they did. I actually forgot the quarterback with Jonathan Jennings, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was, and that's the big difference here is that I'm not trying to sell the Nathan Rourke thing. The Nathan Rourke thing sold itself. He was the best player in the Canadian Football League through eight weeks. He was almost unstoppable. And now you've got this thing where it's like, God, imagine if he comes back and is the old Nathan Rourke, which is out of the realm of possibility. There might be some rust, but what if? What if they go on a run here? What if they win that first home playoff game against Calgary? And then you're basically in the Grey Cup at that point. It's the CFL. God, like, we have to go to a Saskatchewan for the Grey Cup? That'd be a good road trip. I mean, what, it, I, I'd be into it. Yeah, it'd oh. be so much fun. It, it, I'm just All I'm saying is there's a big difference between going to the playoffs as an exercise. Like, mm-hmm. we made it. Now we have to go. And then going with some real intrigue and optimism and, and dare I say, hope. And that's kind of where the lines are at right now. It's interesting. Ramsey with what we learned. As a Canucks fan, watching the complete disaster of a roster we have on the ice and screaming out for a trade after seven games, it sure sucks. But with every sports story coming out of L.A. right now, it brings me a slight joy to know that at least one base, one fan base is suffering more than us, and that's the Lakers. And then he adds, I'd love to take my daughter to her first ever Canucks game. Ramsey wants the tickets. He might have gotten them. I, I think, by the way, that was a good text. I don't know if Lakers fans are suffering more than Canucks fans because at least Lakers fans can look back on a recent championship. They did win one two years ago. Like, so. I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling bad for Lakers. Like, it is a disaster. Don't get me wrong. What's going on in L.A.? But I think Canucks fans have been suffering far more than Lakers fans. Um, I think we are uh, starting to get uh, trapped by these people that are saying, like, I want to take my seven-year-old to... Mm-hmm. His or her first ever Canucks game, it's and, all we're, an and we're like, we're "Can you imagine? <laughs> totally like, okay, we're we're gonna give the tickets to Ramsey." Well, I, do we want proof? Like, show yeah, us a yeah, picture of you and your yeah, daughter. Okay, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't do want that. that. Don't yeah, want yeah, that. That's, no, gonna, no, that's yeah, fine. Gonna be on a few uh, lists here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ramsey <laughs> yeah. And, and Langley got the tickets, so congrats for, uh, to Ramsey. Good we, job. We we're suckers you have a great for time. your family and uh, Ram- Ramsey and his buddy Jerry <laughs> are gonna have a great, great time at the Canucks Speak high into my phone. Say you're my daughter. Yeah, this is say hello to my seven year old daughter, Doug. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the tickets. <laughs> I'm gonna tell all my friends at kindergarten tomorrow. <laughs> okay, let's focus. Uh, oh, this is a good one. I like this one. It made me laugh. Hashtag WWO. What we learned: the Canucks have seven times as many losses as they do wins. It's true. If you have zero wins oh, and you have oh seven God. losses, you have seven times as many losses as you do wins. That's math. Are you getting right? to the whole infinite thing again? Is this? Alfred doesn't you understand don't believe in when you infinity? multiply something by zero, it's still zero. He's still working on that one. What's one divided by zero? One. <laughs> Paul and Coquitlam, what we learned, the Canucks can lose their first games, uh, games seven games of the season – 
and the sun still rises in the morning. Did it? It was pretty dark this morning when I came in. I was like, maybe it won't rise tonight. Can't confirm. Uh, I, Honestly. You know what? I actually have a grudging respect for the rain because the rain came back with a vengeance. Oh, it's mm-hmm. great. It's I like it. I've been going. No, not like that. Oh, I love no, it. Not like that. I'm just happy because our reservoirs are filled now. Are you? <laughs> yes. Are you one of those guys that has the buckets outside of his house? You get, like, just- no, someone texted into the show yesterday because yeah. we were complaining about the rain and they were like, Guys, our reservoirs are low. I was like, yeah, I didn't think they'd get filled up over the winter in Vancouver. <laughs> it's amazing. It's raining again in Vancouver. I thought it might be sunny forever in Vancouver. We're uh, a desert now. It was I, it was a subtle change, but... So, yeah. Someone on Twitter pointed out we, the Canucks haven't won a game since we changed our intro. Yeah. And so could stripe, it be that? And the stripe on the pants. That's true. That, that's, and the rain. That, that's Donnie's thing, isn't it? Don Taylor's been talking about the, the stripe on the pants. Uh, a lot. I also grew a mustache. Yeah, yeah we, we know. But yeah, that, I don't think, day. is a dramatic an effect. <laughs> didn't Trent call sha- he shaved his off? Yeah. Still didn't work. See? Nope. He, that was I got his Tom Landry's I got, hat. I, no got a, I got a text saying that the Canucks, when they went on, they got on the plane after that game in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And um, and then someone was like, oh, Trent called doesn't have his mustache anymore. And I'm like, he oh. let, what, did he leave it at the hotel or no, something? No. <laughs> I was like, did he shave on the plane? Remember there's that Seinfeld bit yeah. about they got the little disposal for razors? Like, who's shaving on an airplane? Maybe Trent Cull. I don't know. But we'll have to see. By the way, on the subject of uh, rain and reservoirs and climate and everything, I have to read this one. Unsigned from Gary. Hashtag WWL, what we learned. The Canucks are flying 20 minutes to play at Climate Pledge Arena. I know. That's pretty good. I <laughs> yeah, thought of that, that's too. That's great. <laughs> it's an electric oh, plane. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> so, I mean, it is. <laughs> Didn't Drake just get in a bunch of stuff? How much fuel did we expend minutes? for this, guys? So. Let's really rev the engines as we take off, guys. <laughs> Planes on the tarmac for 25 minutes. What's a carbon <laughs> footprint? <laughs> Murph's throwing garbage out the window of the plane. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know, man. It's funny. It's funny to me. I can't help. No, it is funny. It is. It is. Who is it? Um, I think it was Kendall Jenner when she was. T- they were talking about beating traffic in L.A. and she was just taking. Yeah, her private jet like ten minutes. But it's be- there was like it, it, the story got blown up because it was like in order to avoid L.A. traffic, she was flying a plane. But it was actually the plane had to go back and forth to refuel anyway, so she was jumping on. Imagine having. That kind of. I mean, to be fair, if I had my own private plane, I'd be doing that too. I'd be, I'd be very responsible. I would just be flying like down the street five minutes. Did you say, coffee. Did you say responsible? Irresponsible. Irresponsible. I'd be very yeah. irresponsible. If sure I had a understand. private jet, I would take it everywhere. Yeah, I'm not sure you understand how this works. Have you seen those private? Us? There's private communities built around runways. So uh, everyone I have personal jets and yes. fly right. And guess what? Them. They don't want you to see them. <laughs> yeah. I've never. I've only my. Okay, now I'm on a tangent, but I don't even care. Have you ever had a really great flying experience where you actually were like, this was enjoyable? Every flight I, I do is back to Ontario, which is five hours. Okay. No, it's I, never enjoyable. You don't like flying, period, right, Bruff? Uh, I, yeah, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. And then you were once on a really like luxurious flight when you went to, to the Olympics with NBC. You were, it was a charter flight, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've been on. It was me and like, Al Michaels. It was hilarious. <laughs> Hello, Al. Oh, hello, Jason. Yeah. Um, I've I've been on I've been in business class once in my life, mm-hmm. and it was good, right? But yeah. it's still not like I've heard about how the Canucks fly, Air, Air the, the Air nice. Canada Charter. Yeah. Like it is, mm-hmm. it's amazing how great it is, mm-hmm. right? There's endless food. 
There's endless booze, and then when they lose, no one has to talk, which is great. Is there and, a point coming at some point here? Yeah, it's. I've talked to people who are on the chart, and they're like, "I'm not going to lie, like it is maybe the best part of the entire trip." Mm-hmm. Like flying, well, it is certainly a, was for this last part because it wasn't the you know, the games. Yeah, you don't have to talk to anyone, but you don't have to do check. Like they don't have to go through customs. You don't have to get screened. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's great, right? And then I thought about it. I'm like, what a unique. I think you still have to go through customs. You just get fast tracked through everything, though. Like you don't have to stand in line with the rest of the schlubs taking no. your belt off at a right, right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's great. And I thought about it. I'm like, I don't think I've really ever had a good time flying ever. I'm yeah. 43. Mm-hmm. It all sucks, right? Yeah. Well, you're not. I rich. dread. I'm not at all. Yeah. I dread the airport. Get rich, experience. and you you'll have a different experience. I need a private jet. Is the bottom. You know? The moral of this story is I need a private. jet. Was that whole thing that you went through just to say that you you're not a private wealthy? Jet? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't kind think of. It was, I didn't think it was going to end is, up like right? that. We're going to get a better job. Are you start to go fund me, or what? What do we yeah, got to do are, here? No, I think I've. Are people, I, are you? Are you like? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll never fly first class in my life. I already did. I told life. you that. that was part of the story. All right. Halford well, just Halford just wants a private jet, and he's upset that he doesn't have one. I like this. What we learned here, unsigned. Uh, making fun of a player being traded to Columbus, yet your home team is really bad. The joke's actually on you, being a fan of the Canucks. What we learned here is to be a professional on air on don't mock others. Who got traded to Columbus? Uh, yeah. He, well, we're going to mock this person, first of all, for like, hey, you know, like when we say, you know, like, wow, Johnny Gaudreau chose Columbus and we make some jokes. Like, does that really hurt your feelings? Probably. I think there's some people that don't like our condescending, mocking tone at times, just in general. Now I'll point out that you got this totally wrong because nobody got traded to Columbus. What we learned here is be a professional on air and don't mock others. Can you imagine, like, how boring a show that would be? Our show would be four minutes. Johnny Gaudreau is off to Columbus. That's a city in the Midwest. We do what happened, and that would be it. There's an insurance business there. They play at Nationwide Arena. The, the joke, as we... Now. How are you <laughs> listening to this show regularly if you don't like people poking fun at themselves Ooh. or occasionally poking fun at others, having a laugh, not taking life too seriously? How are you still like, you know what, I'm going to give them another chance. Maybe they'll be professionals today. Well, that's they, they just responded. It's They say you should be professional. That's their... Professional. But that's the, see, that's where they're not understanding. You aren't professional. We are. You are very am- unprofessional. We are rank no. amateurs. This whole show is based around lack of professionalism. It's true. Mm. Wait till they put us on TV. You'll really <laughs> see it play out in real time. Uh, Cam, with what we learned, the scariest Halloween costume for Canucks fans this year should be the third period. <laughs> it but, used but to be Cam, a multi-goal but, lead, but, but Cam, not the third period. But Cam, that's kind of making fun of the Canucks. Be more professional. It's making Cam. fun of third like, periods. You know. Yeah. They don't deserve that. Jared and Langley, what we learned, the only thing worse about having to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning for work would be having hundreds of people watch me at 6 a.m. Yeah, that's what happens when we stream the show. Hundreds of people yeah. watch. Hey, buddy, attack a zero off that. But Jared, you more you're accurate. Kind of, <laughs> Jared, you're kind of making fun of us, right? Is that professional? Be professional. Um, unsigned text. This one's from Gary. I got to ask this one of Laddie, actually. What we learned... A second-year expansion team playing their third-string goalie was able to easily do what this sad sack of a Canucks team failed to do on Saturday. So that's a very 
a vague allusion to Martin Jones in a 5-1 victory where he only faced 16 shots. Beats Buffalo. He's the third stringer there. Is he the third no. stringer, though? Because Dreger is the backup to Grubauer. Well, and Grubauer's hurt. Right, and, and so is Dreger. The reports I was getting was that Seattle was going to try to make Martin Jones or give him every opportunity, at least, to be the starter on the team. So third stringer is a bit of a stretch. So what's the deal there, though? That's three NHL-caliber guys. Are they all just fighting for minutes until they get hurt, and then it's the next man up thing? That's bizarre. Well, Drieger's out I know. for the year. But but he was the backup. He was. He was the number two. And then Grubauer, because, you know, they paid him a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Was Green number one. a bunch of money, too. Yeah, but now it's Martin Jones. So I guess we're going to see Martin Jones tomorrow night when the Canucks are at Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, what we learned, Russell Wilson stretched on the team flight to London for four hours. Yeah. While guys were trying to sleep, yeah, I retweeted this. Yeah, and here's here's the uh, here's the tweet. It comes from a guy named uh, Zach Stevens, who is a Denver Broncos beat reporter. Russell Wilson worked out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the flight from Denver to London. Said he was <laughs> said he was doing high knees in the aisle when the rest of the guys were asleep. Do you remember when he busted his hand and he was talking about all the rehab? And he said he was doing like 18 hours of hand stretches and hand therapy. And like, this is part of the Russell Wilson. His, his hand is an overcomer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We're ending. Oh, it you know what? That's not a very professional there. joke. Uh, but it's we not are... a professional joke, but it was a great one. And We're... you can always admit that. Uh, we are ending it there 100%. That's the best way that we could possibly go out today. We're gone today. We're back tomorrow. But signing off for now, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.